Okay, good morning. Uh, this is uh, our first show in the brand new year of 2022. We're very happy you tuned in. This is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM on the radio. And thank you again for tuning in on this brand new year. If you have any problem uh, getting us, if there's any static at all, you can live stream us on your computer and you simply go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. But again, once again, Happy New Year. Happy to have you on board for this morning's show. I'm here at the uh, our station, at least out of my office, with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Hey, John. Great to be here with you in the new year. Good to have you, David. Yeah, thanks, And his Jim. son, Tristan, home from college. Yes, sir. Good and to be doing back. an internship, actually, at the Cleveland Clinic. Yes, sir. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a nice start internship. Ten, right? 10 or 12 days. Great way to start the new year. So once again, uh, I don't know. There's a, a really great way to start this new year is to see our identity, our new mm-hmm. identity, who we are in Jesus Christ when you become a believer. Right. And we're going to look at because identity seems to be like really important mm-hmm. in popular culture. Who are you? How do you define yourself? Uh, identity politics is real big. But the true identity we want to know is once we become a believer <clears throat> in Jesus Christ, what does the Bible say? Like, who am I? You know, if you were to ask a congregation on a given Sunday, mm. how would you self-describe yourself? Like, give yourself character traits almost. Yeah, or your title. Like, we could say, okay, we're an American. <clears throat> I'm an Irish. I'm Irish background. I'm a missionary. Mm, yeah. I'm a missionary. So, yeah. But yeah. what does the Bible say about us? I think if we took a questionnaire at a church in a given congregation, people might identify themselves as Christian. Right. Mm. But what they don't realize is Christian is only mentioned three times in the New Testament. Isn't that something? There's the believers yeah. are mm. only called Christians three was, times in the New yeah. Testament. Uh, uh-huh. You know what? The identity is is over 50, 60 times in the New Testament. Disciple. But see, this is a very important oh, distinction. No wow. Three times yeah. in the Bible, yeah. Christian, but over 50, 60, 65 times, disciple. Now, that's a very important dis- distinction. And we're gonna, I'm going to show you this, and we're, you guys huh. are going to enter with some more titles. But if you look at Matthew chapter 28, Matthew 28, and again, we're just looking at it's who do we identify, what sure. is our titles or sure. our position once we are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it says this in Matthew 28. Maybe you could read it, David. It says, um, mm-hmm. let me get the exact verse, and we'll go from there. Look at, um, maybe you could read verse 18 through 20. Sure. Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, so here he is. Our Lord is going to ascend back to heaven. His his work on earth is completed. Mm -hmm. All authority has been given to me. Notice, in heaven and on earth. Hmm. So he has authority, of course, over the demonic, as well as the forces of nature. Uh, He displayed that in his earthly ministry in the Gospels. Therefore, because of this, he now commissions believers, go therefore and make not Christians, not believers, not followers, but disciples. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. difference. Right. A disciple, we're going to get into this definition of a disciple, but a disciple is somebody we that we can see Jesus model. Yeah. Men that he trained, mm-hmm. men that he sent out on preaching, men that he warned, men that uh, what's coming in terms of persecution, mm-hmm. men that he promised reward for faithful mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. but men that could teach others that could <clears throat> then teach others. Mm-hmm. That's one of their principal purposes of a disciple. Uh, 2 Timothy 2 2, Paul says, The same thing thou hast seen and heard of men, yeah. uh, heard of me, go teach the faithful right. men who right. will be able to teach others. Yep. And we have to recapture the meaning of disciple. You know, we're very big on t- uh, teaching and learning in our culture today. We put it, which is good, you know, teaching. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, when I went to college, I was taught. But when I went to basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky oh, during yeah. the Vietnam War, I was trained. Yeah. Now, there's a big difference yeah. between yeah, <laughs> teaching yeah. and training. Yeah. Both are very important. <clears throat> Absolutely. But I had to know how to use mm-hmm. uh, my weapon, the yeah. F-14 and then the MC. I had to know how to move in formation. I knew, I you had, had that field experience. You had to have that. Mm-hmm. And that's part of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Not just mm-hmm. getting more and more head knowledge, mm-hmm. but how does this work out in my daily life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Jesus says, yeah. you go make disciples, mm-hmm. teaching them 
to observe all there's the teaching aspect all that right. and then this the promise of his presence he's mm. working alongside us he's empowering so that's the big one i mean we're starting mm. with i want to get you guys with some more uh titles or identity attributes of a christian but this one is a really important one out of the right. gate a disciple mm. maybe you have something to share david i know you did a lot of research on this too interested oh yeah well you, you know I, I like this this one quote there is more to you than you know it's not just a great line in the habit mm -hmm. but you know when we take a look at our identity in christ as you said john you know um i you know prior to this before I became a Christian, I never had it as a center of my life. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, the focus would be, well, I'm a serial entrepreneur. This is what my family does. This is my uh, culture growing up. Those were the things I led with. Mm -hmm. And as you become, uh, you know, a Christian and you start to get deeper in your faith, as you said, uh, you realize that this is really the center of your life. Exactly. Your identity in Christ is the center of your life. So everything, your family goes below that. Your your business, your career, your your hobbies, uh, your your friends, everything goes below that line, mm -hmm. and and I think that that's really the biggest difference. And you know, there's we're going to use a lot of terms today, like you know, we're a saint, you know, we're blessed. Well, why don't you pick uh, up you know, on the that whole thing? thing. Can yeah. you explain that there because a lot sure. of people, some people think, well, saint is a very unique. <laughs> one in a million kind of individual and we can't really uh, aspire to be a saint who would ever call us mm -hmm. a saint but what does the Bible say David? yeah so it, I wrote this down so it says in Ephesians 2:19, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God and you know the fact that um, we've placed our trust in Jesus Christ is enough to qualify us as a saint you know, before, you know, we still struggle with sin while we live in this fallen world, but our, with our core identity as a Christian, um, as a Christian is as a saint, not a sinner. Mm -hmm. So so then you can always count on Jesus' help to overcome sin in your life. Um, you rely on his help to resist temptation. When you do sin, we're supposed to confess and repent and maintain attitudes of humility, humility and gratitude for God's grace. And so really, it's, it's kind of a regime shift mm -hmm. from uh, being in your human form to being more in your spiritual form. So as a saint, you have different attributes and you have different abilities, is the way I see it. And, and saint uh, means what? Do you have a de working definition of saint? You know, I, I don't have that. You you'd have adversary? to get... Yeah. No, saint means yeah. sanctified ones. Oh, saint. I thought you said saint. Satan. Oh, yeah, I'll look, I can words, look that up now. We're yeah. redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and right. once we're redeemed, we're set apart. Right. Uh, and so, again, saint is used over 50 times in the New Testament as a description of a Christian. Oh, yeah. mm. Right, so I, I got this here. Okay. In religious belief, a saint is a person who is recognized as having an exceptional degree of holiness, likeness, or closeness to God. But is that's that, every every Christian. Every that, Christian? Where, here's where people mistake this. Okay. They think it's only a certain person, right. one in a hundred thousand, right. we could call a saint. Right. That's not what the Bible says. Uh, like you're sure. a saint. Yeah, yeah. so is yeah, we're all saints. Anyone yeah. that's right. redeemed, right. set apart, sanct, <clears throat> right. sanctus, set right. apart one, is a saint. Again, yes. it's, old, it's used time mm. and again, Paul or mm. anyone opens their letter mm. to the mm. saints mm. at mm. Corinth, mm -hmm. to the saints in mm. Ephesus, to mm. the... Whereas, uh, again, traditions have taught yeah. people, no, a saint is just this special, right. unique, extremely holy individual. Yeah. Well, that's not what the Bible says. And so, it causes a lot of confusion. So we can almost look at it as, um, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You could also translate that as he is a saint. He's a saint. He's mm -hmm. a new creation. Again, these are the titles. <clears throat> new creation, mm -hmm. saint, yeah. child mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. Uh, Right, uh, uh, redeemed. Uh, right, like Jesus will say in John chapter Chosen. 15, "I no longer mm. call you servants; I call you friends. Mm. Yeah, mm. friend of God. Mm. Well, yeah. Who are we to be a friend? Of? Priests of God. Right, because right. body of offered. yeah, the body of Christ. Exactly you know, right. Oh, okay. So yeah, as you gotcha. walk at this along, so right. we just started out with two <clears throat> terms: one, disciple, uh -huh. and number two, saint. And, mm. uh, you know, there's a lot of confusion yep. out there. About there's that. a lot because you know when I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, we had saints on the wall. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that they were close to being prophets, you know, that uh -huh. they had this. 
And then as I became a Christian, I realized that I too yeah, exactly was right. a saint. And, and I think that was the big difference, John. I think you had the same similar teaching. Yeah. yeah. Right? In other words, if you're born into a royal family right. and you're five years old, mm-hmm. you're, you're still a prince. If your father's the king of the, this, now you might not be fully realized that yeah. you're a prince, that one day you might be a, mm-hmm. the prince or the king, but that's because of your birth. And, yeah. and when we have the new birth into the family of God, one of the titles is saint. I heard an interesting little story about this, well, where the father was in, taking his son to the great cathedrals in Europe, yeah. and the little boy looked up and he says, "Dad, who were those people in those windows, the right. stained glass windows?" That's exactly right. And then he yeah. went on to explain, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh, the little boy says, I know what a saint is." And the father goes, "What?" He says, "That's somebody who lets the sunlight shine through." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Am I right? That's great. Thing. That's really what we do. We're right. called to allow. That's what we're the, supposed the, to do. <laughs> the light of the sun, the light of Jesus, to shine through us. Yeah. Through our words, through our behavior. Oh, I like that. Thoughts. That's a great vision. And then yeah. because the world desperately wants to mm-hmm. see the light of the gospel. So here we're starting right out of the gate with these two terms. I better jot this down because I do think this is going to be more than just a one show. Oh, definitely. Because, we can do it um, next week. Right. There's so many titles here. Um, so we did saint. Now, okay, we got disciple. Yep. And we got saint. And again, this is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Happy. This is a great <clears throat> way to start the new year. Because oh, it sure is, yeah. Because there's so much uncertainty in the world today. Am I right? Oh, gosh. With COVID, yeah. with yeah. the economy, with schools, with travel. But this is a certainty. This isn't going to change. Like, Mm-mm. you're not going to wake up tomorrow and not be a child of God. Right. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and find out uh, you know you are no longer a temple of the Holy Spirit because you're sealed by the Holy Spirit till the day of redemption. So this you can, so to speak, take to the bank. Yes. You know this is this is something, which gets us to the next title, and that is temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now this is very important, and I'm going to First Corinthians here, uh, chapter six. Um, well, actually, even before we get there, and we're you can read that too. First uh, Corinthians. Uh, Chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? See how important that is? Yeah. You are a temple right. of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, just flip a page or two, Tristan, if you will, mm. to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And it also says in verse 17, Mr. Martha, for uh, God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Exactly right. Now, now where did you want me to go? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Okay. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. All right. Now, this is extremely important. We, we went through disciple. Uh, we went through this whole mm-hmm. idea of sainthood. And now we're going through but ownership. now, this idea that you are a temple. Now, in the Old Testament, we know... <clears throat> That when God got his people out of Israel through the blood of the lamb, remember the Passover lamb? Yeah. And then he'll say to Moses in chapter 25 of Exodus, make me a tabernacle for I'm going to dwell with you. Mm -hmm. Now they're in, he lives, he actually is dwelling in that holy of holy room. And that's where the Ark of the Mm -hmm. Covenant is. When they come into Israel, they they, they don't need a portable tent anymore. Right. They need a fixed structure, which is the temple. Solomon's going to build. But God still dwells in the Holy of Holies, which makes Israel so special, Jerusalem so special, the temple so special. That's why when Jesus comes, it says, and the word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. Oh, that's... Or templed amongst us. No kidding. Yes. That's why he'll stand in front of the temple in Jerusalem, in John chapter Mm -hmm. 2, and he'll say, destroy this temple, and I'll raise it in three days. Mm. Speaking of his body. Mm. But he's he's comparing it to the temple, and they go, how can you destroy this temple and build... It took over 70 years to build (laughs) this temple. But his body... Right. Now, this is very important. Through his death, Burial, resurrection, and ascension. What has he done for us if we accept his his sacrifice? He now allows us to what? Become to, the right. temple. This yes. is a mind yes. blower. Dwell this with is us. a tsunami it change sure is. Yeah. that we can now. There was only one of these uh, in the Old Testament. Yeah. There's three of them in this mm-hmm. room today. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and That's funny. <laughs> we have to we have to come to grips with this. Because again, a lot of people think I'm a Christian because I go to church and I give money and I try to sing in a choir and I do, 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 mm-hmm. do. Before doing is being. Yeah. And the key is, mm-hmm. is am I, a, does God dwell in me? 
and 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 I think uh, that's an important point because when you when you when you first become a Christian, I mean, I was I was like fluctuating. I had one foot in and one foot out, mm-hmm. and um, as you start to get deeper into it, and I'm by no stretch perfect. I have tons of flaws still. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, continuously. But the thing is, when you start to think about that, if you get rid of your your human side a little bit yeah. and, and the nonsense that goes on up here, if if the Holy Spirit's dwelling in us, how are we acting every day? Exactly right. And I think that's the transformation. When you start to realize that that actually is true, and I know it's hard to comprehend that, but that's where you have the real transformation. And uh, because you're like, you can't be saying those things. You can't be acting that way. You can't be thinking that if the Holy Spirit's dwelling in right. you. Right. And he will help you. Yeah. It, it, so, so from Moses going up to the mount to get the Ten Commandments, and, you know, he couldn't even look. He right. had the burning bush to God dwelling down, you know, uh, with the Israelites. Right. And then we go into the physical temple with Solomon, and now it's in us. Exactly. After, I mean, what a, what a complete... Progression. It, it really goes. It, it's like from the mountain, the dots. from heaven to the mountain, yeah, <laughs> to the earth and different mm. levels, mm. and then into us. His a, it, the creation connects yeah. the dots. Right. God's God is very orderly. Yeah. And it's very sequential. Yes, it is. You see, it starts right. and you can track it. Right. It's what they call sequitur. Mm-hmm. It, it follows. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I see. Now somebody might disagree with it, but the one thing you have to see is God does have that temple. Yeah. And now the Bible says, if you accept Jesus Christ and receive Him, mm-hmm. First John chapter one verse twelve, to as many as received Him, to them He gave the privilege to become a child of God. Mm-hmm. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter one, mm-hmm. uh, verse twenty six: the mystery which has been hidden from the ages for all generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. That's us, mm-hmm, non-Jewish. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is what? What's this greatest mystery? Christ in you. Mm-hmm. Right. The hope of glory. Mm-hmm. This No other religion has this. No I'm not being critical of other religions. I'm just saying, we don't just have a code of conduct or a philosophy. Right. We got a living being. Not a force like electricity or something. Mm-hmm, right. We have a living being, the Holy Spirit, that we can please or we can grieve. Right. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we are not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it'll say this in Romans chapter 8 um, very, very clearly. So there should be no... Uh, I'm staying on this for a little bit because it's just so important when we come to our identity oh, as yeah. a Christian. Uh, if maybe, Tristan, you can read this. But um, if you read, um, read verse... 9, maybe read 9 through 11. Uh, Romans chapter 8, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 8, 9 through 11. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells within you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Do you see what it says there? Mm. If you don't have the Holy Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Him. Mm. And people said, well, I don't know if I have it or not. Well, you can find out by, it's like saying to somebody, are you married or not? <laughs> they should know. Yeah, they should can't know. say, well, I got a ring on my yeah. finger and I got a picture. No, you know. no. Did you at one point in your life dedicate your life to this other person for, for the rest of your life, to the exclusion right. of all others? And as a result of that, you, your life uh, <clears throat> hopefully um, it flourishes. Yeah. You have children. Right. Maybe you work on a business together. You mm-hmm. buy a house together. But so much more so when we accept, that's why the mm. metaphor of the bride and the bridegroom is so, because the two become one. Right. right. You see, this Holy Spirit of God comes in and regenerates our spirit, and we're never the same again. Right. You know, and our life should flourish. Right. What I mean by that, a peace, purpose, powerful prayer life, be an influential, lead other people to Christ, disciple people. You know, we have a reason for yeah. living. Right. You know, mm. so. Yeah. But this, this is so important. It is. Do you have Christ? Or do you not have Christ? As a matter of fact, uh, people can give. I think this should be periodically preached in well, churches. Well, John, why don't why don't you define that more or describe it more? Okay. So you either have Christ or or you don't. How, how do you, how are you defining that? Okay. How do you know when you see somebody? From okay. Your, from your vantage point. Let's look at um, look at First John. Good question, David. Let's look at this because that could be somebody thinking this right now in the audience that's listening. Well, how do I know this? Um, uh, what you have to first realize is it says in the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, we are dead 
in our trespasses and sins. Man's basic problem is he's dead spiritually. It's not that, I mean, we're immoral, uh, we rob, steal, have lustful thoughts, all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. But that's the fruit. That's the bitter fruit because we're disconnected from God. Mm. That's not... That's not the problem. That's a, that's a consequence of the problem. The big problem with man is, is we're separated from God. All have sin and come. What did God say to Adam and Eve? The day you partake of the tree of the knowledge, tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. die. Mm-hmm. We're, now, they didn't die physically, but they did die spiritually. They were separated from God. Well, how can we be reconnected with God? Well, the God-man comes, Jesus Christ. He takes the penalty and the punishment for our mm-hmm. sin through his death, but his resurrection, he now provides if you will, a transaction. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So if once you understand that, and I didn't get this, David, mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, understand well, I didn't either. This, yeah, see? I didn't either. I, I didn't. just thought we'll try to be a good boy yeah. and go to confession, well, whatever. That's all I <laughs> I didn't understand about the new life. The <laughs> no, new me neither. You know, I mean, Jesus looks at a very religious man in John chapter 3, Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. He's Jewish. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. He's an elder. He's probably very moral in keeping right. the law. Right. The first thing Jesus says to him is what? You must be born again. Right. Do you understand? Yeah. So when we look at First yeah. John chapter 5, um, it says in verse 11, 1 John chapter 5, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now, now remember, we need life. We need, right. You know, we don't need another philosophy or more. We need life. Now look at verse 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Yeah. Mm. That's the critical issue. Yeah. It's not, I'm going to the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church. Am mm-hmm. I giving to the poor? Mm-hmm. Am I, those are all good things to do. Don't get yeah. me wrong. That's not it, though. Religion doesn't save us. Right. A relationship. Mm-hmm. Then he said, it's all one syllable. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Simple. How yeah. simple. Yeah. yeah. And then once you accept Jesus... As it says in First John, uh, John chapter one verse twelve, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become a child of God. Then it says in verse thirteen, these things I have written to you, you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you might know you have eternal life. See, once you accept Christ and you allow the Word of God to confirm it, you start growing. Mm. Whereas a lot of Christians stay as babies because they really don't get into the Word of God. Exactly. And they don't have the assurance of salvation. Right. They, they have a hard time living in victory. Uh, they, they're living on like uh, uh, fast food. Skim, you know, it, the Bible clearly says in First Peter, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. And see, this is what helped me, David, when I came to Christ right. in 1975. It was Jesus people, they called them back then. Right. right. Oh, yeah. It was like a revival. And they were like former hippies and all this. But they led me to Christ. They explained the way of salvation. But then... They, they had a fellowship in North Ridgeville. They took me out there, and we, we, I started learning what it meant to be a Christian, and they gave me my first Bible. Okay? Right, right. And they showed me. They walked me through the stuff we're talking about this morning. Hmm. That, that helped me get going. Yeah. And then after you go from the sincere milk, the basics, that Jesus says, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by them. Then you get stronger. You start understanding things mm. more in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And then Paul says, I want to feed you strong meat. You understand deeper principles mm. as you keep growing. Mm. A lot of times, my observation is, a lot of Christians stop on milk. They're, like they're, they're believers. Well, they, they don't go forward. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. Says, it's a lot of work. It's study a lot of to show thyself yeah. approved, a yep. workman, right? That rightly divides the word of truth. Yep. So a lot of times, it's sowing and reaping. Right. I mean, let's face it. If you really want to be a good baseball player, you're going to put the time in. Right. Yes. If you want to develop a product and you're an entrepreneur, you're going to put the time in because right. you know, if you sow here. <clears throat> You're going to reap here, down here. I don't care if you're a what? farmer or anything. Yeah. Same thing spiritually. Yeah. If you'll put the time mm-hmm. in, learn the Word of God, hang out with God's people, get teachers and pastors that are going to strengthen you in the faith, start self-studying on your own, and just be hungry for the Word, you're going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are. You're just going to grow. It's, 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 a, it's a law. Right. You know, but, you, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. You know, yeah. like a high elite level athlete, you know, we're, we're called athletes mm-hmm. when we become Christians, you know, to Timothy... Two five the Bible the spiritual life is often compared to a foot race like world class athletes people are to live self controlled 
disciplined lives and to train ourselves in the way of Jesus. That's not easy, man. It's a lot easier to go to the gym a couple days a week than it is really to follow this at the level that the Bible's talking about. So that's really why it's a challenge. And I think that's why people maybe dip their toe in the water, but never jump in. They never jump in fully because it is demanding and it is like training to be a world-class athlete a lot of times because there's a lot of things you realize you shouldn't be doing anymore. Well, right, John? Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, you, you got to change. It's a regime shift. You got to change the way you're behaving, thinking, and acting. But you also have to put the time in. What you know, when you and I grew up, uh -huh. well, you know, you're a bit older than me, but we were both server boys, uh -huh. and I love telling the story because I thought by waking up at 5:30 in the morning, and showing up for 6:15 mass with my hands folded, wearing the gown, that I was going to heaven. Mm -hmm. I thought that's all. I, I go, God's got to be happy with me. I'm doing this before school starts at 8.15. Right. And I did that two, three days a week. That's that's not it. So, you know, so my perception totally changed as a Christian where I realized, you know, it's not those good deeds. We really we really got to follow Christ's path. That's the how start. he lived, right. how right. he breathed, how he interacted with people. Right. Here's the thing. We grew up, we did Christian things. Yes. We went to church, we yes. sang in the choir, yeah. and all the way. we did Christian things. They're right. not bad things. No, they're not. But we no. don't do Christian things to be a Christian. We do Christian things because we are a Christian. Right. Does that, that make sense? Yes. I mean, once, quite honestly, growing up, a lot of times going to church and that was a hassle. But I had to do it because yeah, I was in the I felt the same parents. way. Yeah. Uh -huh. After I became a believer, man, I would go to church, I go to fellowship, I'm listening to the Word of God, I'm getting teaching. Because why? There's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. That's been done by Jesus Christ. I can right. just receive it as a free gift. Right. But I can spend the rest of my life living yeah. for God in a, to, to say thank you mm -hmm. for my salvation. Right. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And that that's that's well. Yeah. We've got a limited time on this planet. I'm just saying. Well, you know that's right. But that's an actually. You, you know what I, I loved? I wrote this down. This is what you said a few minutes ago. Some Christians have a hard time living in victory. Yeah. How true is that? Oh yeah. So you know the minute you. You're into a Christian life. What happens? This happened to me. Yeah. Is everything went haywire? It, it was like worse yeah. at first because he's, you know, the enemy's trying to knock you off the path. You're exactly right. And, and so that's why you got to jump in. It's like the parable that Jesus told about the seeds falling on the path. You got to get into that fertile soil. You got to be nudged over into the deep soil, and then you need other people around to protect you and feed into you, water you, oh, yeah. fertilize you, and and protect you. Because they're stronger. It, it's kind of like going out with a seasoned Navy SEAL commander yeah, lead. Right. And you got the rookie who's still making rookie mistakes. <laughs> he was trained the same way. Sure. But you're not going to get that experience until you live that experience. Yeah, right. You can't get it from a book or from just training because everything blows up in real life. So it's very similar to that uh, oh, scenario. Yeah. It's a good point. And like with you, you're our commander SEAL. Because your experience, you know, you're, you're trying to train Tristan and I. Mm. We greatly appreciate it, mm. but you are so much further well, ahead in a lot of ways. So, but but that's how you learn and how you grow is you're around people like you that have seen so many different scenarios. Yeah, I think yeah. you bring up a good point. Well, thank you. I mean, I don't, but my thing is when I came to Christ, yeah. because these people were discipling me, yeah. I learned that principle. So. My whole life after that is wherever I was at, I want to try to make disciples. Right. Not that I was that great, right, right. No. but I try to learn, 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 learn. And I've seen over the history, whether I was overseas or here or wherever I'm at, if I could invest with my limited mm -hmm. knowledge, accessing the Word of God, mm -hmm. I know investing in you, investing in Tristan, investing in these businessmen or Thai people, whatever, they're going to far, go much farther than me. You know, because their life is longer, they, they have a whole circle of influence right. I don't access to. Right. So in a sense, I leverage my time and mm -hmm. what I know uh, to you know, the other people. And then God gives you more and God gives you more. Mm -hmm. He shows you things mm -hmm. I didn't show you. But my whole thing is to bear fruit. Because it says this in John chapter 15, mm -hmm. verse 7 and 8. If you'll abide in me, in other words, stay close to mm -hmm. me. Yep. And my word abides in you, like we're talking about God's word here. He says four things. Mm. You will ask what you want, and it will be given to you. You'll yeah. have an effective prayer life. Number two, he says, you'll bear much fruit. Right. Well, part of that right. fruit bearing is your Christian character, yeah. the fruits of the Holy yep. Spirit, love, joy, peace, love, stuff. But it's also people that are influenced by your life, right? right. people that are yeah. discipled. Yep. And then he says, by this my Father is glorified. 
That's the whole purpose of light, is to glorify yeah. God. And then he says, I will call you my disciple. There's that disciple. Yeah, word. there it is. In two verses. Yeah, that's got 15, I always say, maybe I should get that on my license plate. That's my <laughs> <laughs> but that's, the, that's it. So I just, before we get off this idea of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, I just want to show you how this worked out in the life of the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. If you look at Galatians chapter 2.20, uh, on Galatians chapter 2.20, um, he says something very interesting. Uh, he, well, he starts in verse 19. And he says this, For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. Now remember, Paul was a rabbi. He understood the law. He understood, He kept the law. Uh -huh. He was very strict. Right. But he says, the law could bring me to Christ, but it can't take me no further. It showed me I'm a right, sinner, right. But, but I needed the cross to, to give me the right, new life. Right, right. And then he says, now I live to God. But look what he says in verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, my old self is dead. It's good. As a matter of fact, at one point he yeah. says, I count all my old life as rubbish compared to the excellency mm -hmm. I have in Christ. So number one, he says, I've died with Christ, and it's no longer I who live. But look what he says, but Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Yeah. The Christ lives in me. Yeah. He was religious. He was persecuting Christians. He was oh, over know. the top. Yeah. He says, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh. In other words, we're still in this body for X amount of years. I live by the faith in the Son of God, who what? Who loved me. Yeah, he loved the world, John 3, 16, but he loved me. He loves you specifically, yeah. David. He loves you specifically, Tristan. Right. And then not only does he love me, but he gave himself for me. <laughs> if you if you understand that fully, let me put it this way. Let's say you have a guy, he's dying of uh, a kidney. He has a bad kidney, and he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, look, he says, if you don't get a kidney, you're going to be dead in six months. It's just what it is. And the only one that could give you a kidney, it has to be a near kin. It right. has to be a DNA match. Right. And there's nobody in your family that can do it. And then one day you collapse on the floor and you're in a coma and you wake up and you're in a post-surgical mm -hmm. room right. with the bright lights. And you go, what happened? What happened? They go, well, you collapsed. You went into a coma. Uh, and he goes, yeah. He goes, but uh, an uncle you didn't know about for the West Coast flu yeah. donated yeah. his kidney to you. And you're alive, and you could live another 60 years. It's that healthy a condition. Yeah. You go, he, he he did that for me? And you go, yeah, where is he? I like to think of him. You go, well, the sad news is he died wow. in the process. Yeah. And he gave you this. And then, oh, not only that, uh, you got a letter over here, and it's from his attorney, and he left you a huge sum of money, mm. and he left you a condo in Maui. How would you feel about that uncle? It's crazy. Wow. You would, every day you would think about him. Mm. Well, that's what Jesus did yeah. for us. Mm. Do you see what yes. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So once you get yeah. to that, that's unshakable. That's why it, it's that I don't think anybody moment. that yeah. truly understands this yeah. can ever drift away from that. Right. I don't. I don't see how any more than that guy would ever forget that uncle yeah. that gave his life that he might live. Yeah. Same, same, same. Yeah. It, it, it's almost you know, John. I'm thinking about this, and it's almost like uh, you know, w with the background that I have, which is similar to yours. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wish there was some sessions mm -hmm. at the church I, w I was at or at the school I was in to tell me this good news yeah. so that when I was younger, I, I could have embraced it versus just thinking I had to show up once a week and I was done. I, I was in the pearly gates. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the week, I could do whatever I want, man. It was, you know, uh, it, it was... No, I agree totally. It, I, I just wish, yeah, I wish yeah. that, you know, yeah. we can't look back. Blessed yeah. that I have it yeah. now. Blessed that my kids get it much earlier than yeah. I ever did. But the, the, the whole thing is just, I, I just, I, I'm hoping that a show like this and other yeah. people's shows and people exactly. that are out there explaining this can help the unbeliever come in no, and I, see it. I agree with you totally. Because if you explain it at the level you just did, it's going to, they're going to inquire. Yeah. It, it, versus just having the, a priest say, this is what's in the Bible, you know, and, and this is, you know, what you have to do. It's a much different approach because at the end of the day, it, the creator of the universe not only is telling us that we are, uh, you know, sons and daughters, right? but we're his friend. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, it, so he wants us to be successful He's giving us the ability to live with him in paradise. And so that's that's what you really need to think about. And, and that's why when people don't live in victory, I do it too. Yeah. I, I get lost in my human side. Yeah. 
And because I'm not a commander of, of the Navy SEAL, uh, you know, Soldiers for Christ troop right. yet, I'm still learning, um, I forget that. Yeah. And if you forget that, then you let everything that's attacking you during the day, the news, politics, COVID, economy, right, uh, disruption of your business, supply chain issues, family problems, get in the way of realizing that you're living in victory. Yeah. That's and, 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 and if you think about that, my last point is the other stuff that causes you stress proves you're not centering your life on Christ. Right. Because if you did, you'd still have it, right. but you'd be able to handle it differently. Yeah. And I think one of the things you said to me, and I keep telling Marilyn, uh, my wife this, and other people that I know, and I think I mentioned it to Tristan too, you said, you know, when a bird comes by, you don't have to let it nest in your hair. It'll fly over your right. head. So, and, and that's the way chaos, it's like the flying monkeys, yeah. right? You don't have to let them nest in your hair. Right, right. You're going to get hit by some of the noise and the arrows, sure. but you got to keep moving. Yeah. No, I agree with yeah. you totally. And that's why fellowship is so important, because right. we can strengthen <clears throat> one another. Yeah. But to your point, David, if we can learn this stuff at a younger age, yeah. and not any church or denomination, oh, no. that's not my issue. No, no. But it says in in, in, in um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, <laughs> Timothy, from a child, thou yeah. hast known the Holy Scriptures. When he was a little child, his yeah. mother and grandmother yeah. raised him. And that now it says now you're a, you're a fully mature man, capable of all good works. In other words, you 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 are you are a strong man because right. you're. By and large, we're not raised on the scripture. Right. Uh, if I well, went across I, I, the board, you're right. I'm just saying this. In you're my right. Travels in my own background. Yeah. We're not generally. We, we we tend to by the time we're 18 or 19, we've had a lot of religion, but we not, may not understand. The Word of God. See, only the Word of God is eternal. Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word endures forever. It's eternal. As good as knowledge is, it's passing. I always say, you know, knowledge will teach a man how to get to the moon. Scripture will teach a man how to get to heaven. Right. A big difference. Right. <laughs> and, and really, intellectual can actually be prideful, it can, quite honestly. And that's why you have some really bright people who are atheists. And they can't look out and look at the beautiful creation and say, there's a creator behind mm. it. And God says, you're a fool. And they say God's a fool if you believe in him. You see this distinction? Yeah, yeah. So the point being <laughs> that as you hear the word of God and respond to the word of God, maybe somebody's listening to us today, and what a great way to start out the new year by committing your life to Jesus Christ and to receive him as your savior. The second thing I would say is find a church that preaches the gospel and join the church. You know, big church, little church, that's not my issue. Right. But that's where you the, the growth starts happening. It's not, Christianity is not do-it-yourself kind of, uh, mm -mm. you know, religion right. kind of thing. And it, it, sometimes it flies over our head. Again, when I was in basic training, I was in Louisville, Kentucky, Fort Knox, Kentucky. And after training one day, and we, it was the heat of the summer, and the sergeant goes, a church is coming in from Louisville after, at the end of the day. If anybody wants to go, they got a church service and uh, snacks mm -hmm. or something. I didn't know any of that. Go on, get ready, come out here, shower up, get in your khakis, and a bustle. So my buddy and I said, oh, let's go into town. Let's go check this out. So there's about 30 of us. We went in, and I can still remember, I was 19 years old, and the guy was preaching the word of God, like, boom, boom, and it went over my head, man. It just went over my head. I was like the parable of the sower where the seed just was on hard ground. And if I would have accepted Christ then at 19 instead of 27 when I did, I would have saved all this time, like you, Tristan. Mm. You're being invested in now. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful thing because how many lives can you? Touch? Well, he gets to share it with his family too and his kids uh, when they're young. Uh, which he meets in the yeah. workplace, people you meet right. in school, people you which is so important. But yeah, one person that's really living for God, he in the course of a lifetime, he can maybe affect thousands. Yes, you know because you don't know who you're affecting that's going to affect others. That's why I always say, you know. You can count the number of apples on an apple tree, but you cannot count the number of apple trees in an apple mm. because that seed can mm. produce four. Da, 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 da. Yep. So you touch one person, invest in one person for Christ, might be the next Billy Graham. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, I do know we're called to be faithful witnesses, yeah. which is another title, witness. Uh, so we got disciple, yep. saint, temple. Oh, you had friend. Let's look at that in John chapter 15, David. Okay. That's where he says, you are now my friend. Let's look at that. John chapter 15. He says, um, now, um, he, he has this whole new relationship that he's going to have with uh, uh, men. And he says, mm -hmm. 
maybe you can read uh, verse uh, verse 14 and 15, John chapter 15. 14 and 15? Uh-huh. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Now no longer servants. Yeah. He calls us friends. Why? Because we have insight. He's, yes. he's revealing stuff to us yeah. that he doesn't reveal to those that are not on the inside. It's a higher yeah. level. Yeah, yeah it's because level. one of the reasons he's got the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. You see, but that's that's the thing. It's not that we're, uh, what do you want to call, prideful, but it's the fact that through Jesus Christ, we, we can now understand the scriptures for right. one thing. Before, we couldn't... I could, I, I, the Bible was not appealing to me, me before I became a Christian. No. I liked Eastern religions, particularly Buddhism and some other things. I could understand the concepts. But the Bible, I, I didn't get. I did the whale and the boy with the slingshot and this and that. Did, did you ever read the Bible when you were a server boy? No. Mm-hmm. I never sat down with a priest to even read the Bible. No, We didn't have Bibles in our pews. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought it had to be delivered by the priest yeah. or, or whatnot. So I never read the Bible. I never was asked to read the Bible. And, and so I just let it go until about 10 years ago. That was yeah. the first time yeah. where you said to me, I'll, I'll, I'll mentor you, but you got to read the Bible front to back the whole thing before I get back. And because oh, yeah, you right. were out in Philly at the time running, running uh, WEC right. as president. So, and that was the first time yeah. ever. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Uh, that's for every man. Mm-hmm. It's not just for a pastor or a priest or an mm-hmm. evangelist. But all of us, look, all of us have access, let's say just the New Testament. There's yep. 27 books. We all have access. And it's not, there's difficulties in the New Testament. By and large, if you're capable of reading, you, you're capable of getting the general message of the New Testament as you read the Gospels. And Now, yeah. God has given us teachers and pastors to help explain yeah. certain difficulties. But by and large, this is this is bread this is you know this is it, it's so much more you know um i think about all the self-help books yeah, out right, there jen right uh i never read those but growing up i read almost every business one i could find like everything they don't teach you at harvard yeah, business right, school right. by mccormick the founder of img i would always read those those kinds of books because i wanted to figure out what they did to be successful as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. okay the, forget about all those books this book gives you all the tools you need on how to also live a healthy life, uh, a fulfilled life. Right. And it gives you the ability to handle anything you're going to encounter as you go out into the world. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you can't get from those books is the fact that a supernatural realm is tinkering every day in your life. Yeah, right. So when you get out in the morning, man... It's not just that, uh, you know, the birds are flying yeah, yeah, over. Right, right. Hey, man, this is like the Avenger movie. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know? you're right. I mean, and, and that's what I never realized, well, you <laughs> that know we're what? dealing yeah. with that every day. If you look yeah. at all books that are written, right. i got to say it straight up, they don't have much of a shelf life. No, they don't. Yeah. They're here for a year, two right. years. They're a bestseller, maybe three, four years. They're mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. This book is thousands of years old. Right. This Christmas, it's the best-selling book in the world. It's yeah. the most translated book in the world. Wow. It's not yeah. going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You know, and, and like you say, David, it picks every area of our life. Mm-hmm. Our mental health, mm-hmm. our spiritual side, how to raise children, how to relate to difficult how people. How to be happy. How to be happy. Right. How to have peace. How to have purpose. How to right. have power. It's all contained here. And if you mm-hmm. step back and look at people that are really living by this book, the trajectory mm-hmm. of their life is what you want. It's flourishing. Mm-hmm. Not that means they don't have speed bumps and mm-hmm. suffer loss or suffering, but if you look at their families, you look at their life, mm-hmm. there's something that's 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 very yeah. appealing. Right. Plus one day is gonna be our last day. And do you wanna, you know, have a whole shelf full of self help books by your <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Or do you wanna have the Bible and just, a hymn book? Just the one. <laughs> the Bible and a hymn book. Because you know, it yeah. speaks to eternity. And, and, and because of your experiences, back to the seasoned commander of the Navy SEAL team, um, you know, when I come into you and, you know, in the years there's been all kinds of things I've brought into you, you know, and, and I'm like really upset or, you know, really stressed out. Uh-huh. And the first thing you say, oh, you know, in a real calm voice, let's pray. Mm. <laughs> so they're going, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, then we pray and then we talk it over. Right. But it, your yoke is easy like Christ's. 
So he's not going to get all. He never got all flustered. Now, uh-huh. sure, there was a time where he didn't want to die on the cross. He, he, you know, he, you know, he sweat blood. Yeah. Sure, sure, but because he was human too. Yeah. But I, that I'm trying to emulate that with you as I get more into it because regardless of what's going on out here, you're like you're centered on Christ. So you're like, okay, yeah, this is a big problem. Yeah. But let's pray through it and figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. But in a calm way. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. that's the difference because when we get all hyper, it only accelerates the problem, and and it doesn't allow you to think uh, strategically. You know, it's the same as being in a field. I hate to keep bringing up the Navy SEALs, but it's so similar mm-hmm. because if the commander's like, if we're not calm, we don't know what to do. You're going to get killed. No, right, right. Who's the calmest people in the world? A, a, a Navy commander, mm-hmm. let's say a SEAL team that's right. going in. A surgeon right. that has to have his wits about yes. him, has to be calm to make yep. that next move. A pilot mm-hmm. of a commercial airplane mm-hmm. when the instruments are going off. Or they, right. they kind of, so the people, who, they have the most responsibility, but often the most competent in their authority. Right. And they're, 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 why is that captain able to do that in right. hard weather? Yeah. Because he's experienced and he trusts his knowledge. Right. Why about the surgeon? So if we trust the word of God, I'll yes. never leave you nor forsake you. Or I'm working out a good plan. I'll bring it to completion. All of those things are stuff you can take to the bank because we are in a world that right now is topsy turvy. Mm-hmm. The early Christians were. I think the world's always been somewhat topsy turvy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jesus orients us. You know, in an airplane, they have that gyroscope. Yeah. You were a pilot. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But interior, that thing would always write yep. itself. Even if you were spinning, it would always like write it. Well, I got mm-hmm. one right here on the shelf. That gyroscope. Right. It will right. always. And that's like the word of God. It always trues up. It always. Mm-hmm. Gives you the right. Angle. So even if you can't see out your window, you know where you're exactly at. Exactly right. Right. You know if you're level. Yeah. Right. So and you're how not far going you are by from, your right. senses, right? But by your instruments. Yes. And that's why poor John F. Kennedy Jr. got in trouble because he was going by a sight line. He lost the horizon, and he didn't. He wasn't really qualified to just fly instruments. You know, maybe the last thing we can touch on, John. You know. Um, is the fact of faith mm-hmm. and how it is that compass, how it is that gyroscope, and and faith really brings that equilibrium. Yeah, right. right? right. Isn't that the foundational thing? Well, the, the, you, again, once you have the Holy Spirit and you have the Word of God, then your faith is. That's why it says faith yeah. comes by hearing, yep. and hearing by the Word of God. Well, let's look at this because we'll start wrapping up on that point, David. Look at First Corinthians chapter two for a moment. Um, this has so much application to the world we live in today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and if you would read... Um, you can read that one, Tristan. Uh, look at verse uh, verse 11 and 12. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have renewed... Or we, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Notice that? We have the spirit of God in us. We talked about yeah. that. The indwelling uh-huh. of the Holy Spirit. Now we can understand the things of God. But look what it says, verse 13. And we, go on. Oh, yeah. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. That's what we're talking about, spiritual to spiritual this yeah. morning, right? But it's the Holy Spirit that's the real teacher. Yeah. But this is the key, verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. See the natural man? Yeah. That's a person without the Holy <clears throat> Spirit. That's why... Uh, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, really bright people, they think to believe God is foolishness. Mm-hmm. But God says, what about them? That they're foolish. Yes. You see, comedians mock out God, mm. mock out the things of God. That's what God says they would do because he says they're foolish. Why? Because they don't understand. But once you have the Holy Spirit of God, you understand the deeper mm-hmm. truths of God. It, you could take a dog into a library. He don't understand what those... The only thing that appeals about the books is the leather cover. Yeah. Like my friend used to say, I could teach my dog how to go out and fetch the morning newspaper, but he can't read it. Right. It's not in his nature. Mm. That's why really brilliant uh, people that don't believe in God and don't have the Holy Spirit, the Bible is a big joke to them. It just is. Look at these comedians, look at the movies, they mock out God and, oh, you believe in creation or do you believe there's angels and a devil? Do you believe there's a coming judgment? Do you believe, yes, you see, because the word of God tells me. But they're natural. All they understand is this world. It's it's not a good place to be. I mean, Yeah, you know, there was a PhD that I was close with um, 
and uh, you know, I asked him, "What's the meaning of life to you?" Mm. You know, if you don't believe in God, and he said, "When I go, it's the memories that I have left behind with other people. That's the, that that's that's my goal. Is what kind of memories am I leaving behind yeah. with other people? That's- I couldn't get him to step over the fence to." There's a God of the universe. And he has an eternal soul. Right. That's the problem. Those yeah. memories don't only stay here. He takes them with him. Yeah. That's why in the judgment, when your life is replayed, mm-hmm. everything is replayed before God. Uh, that's why it says, you know, in eternity, yeah. everything that happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You no. take it with you into no. eternity. The most <laughs> important part of a car is the driver. Right. One day we're going to leave this body. Let's say the car. It got us here and there, right? But the most important thing, that's why Jesus says, what is it profit a man? He gains the whole world but loses his soul. Right. right. We're going to pick up on this yeah. in the next one because I think we have a lot more ground to cover oh, in terms of our yeah. identity in, in Jesus uh-huh. uh, Christ. Um, but I think we, we studied disciple. We looked at saint. We looked at the temple looked or at tabernacle. And then we went to friend. But on this friend, I want to show you something interesting. Mm-hmm. Look at John. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, the Gospel of John. And look what he says here. Uh, John, where are you? Uh, John, chapter tw- John chapter 20 and verse uh, 17. You could go 16 and 17. Okay. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabban, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father, and your Father to my God and your God. Now what does he call followers in that in that verse? Your Father and your God. Yeah, but before that. I'm ascending to my Father. Let's see. Go instead uh, to my brothers. Stop. Yeah, brothers. Yeah, brothers. Before he called them friends, mm. servant, mm. friend. After the resurrection, what brothers. brothers? And this is very important. We'll close on this. We one of the identities we have as Christians is a brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? Yeah, we're a family. Yeah, and this right. really is going to oh, yeah. be what really mm-hmm. solves uh, ethnic, racial, all other problems is to realize that there's no more distinction. Yeah, by those categories. This is one of the things that was impressed on me living overseas. Right. That we had in my church, in our church, Thai, uh, Karen tribal people. When I was in Bangkok, we had Chinese. We had Nigerians who were working in the embassy over there. Right. All mm. different, but we were all common. Right. Right. You see, all ground right. is level at the foot of the cross. Mm. None of us are higher than the other. Right. And that's the beauty of Christianity, what Jesus did. Right. He levels. So that's why really we should get along. Because we're family. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about people who are no, you're right. related. Right. Yeah. And I think the highest title you can call anybody in Christ is a brother mm-hmm. or a sister. Mm-hmm. And we should never forget that. That one. I always say, you know, God for love the world, he gave his only me. He gave us his son. Right. Jesus says, no man taketh my life from me. I give it willingly. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. And then he says, I go to my father that I might give you the Holy Spirit. Right. Gives, but he also gave us each other. Right. He also gave us each other. Right. And that's very important when we realize how we can strengthen no, each other. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, very happy. Uh, again, I'm here with my friend David Abood and Tristan Abood. Uh, we look forward, God willing, to the next show. I think we should continue with this day. I think we should, Because yeah. there's just so many things uh, in terms of our identity right. uh, that we've left yeah, unchecked. absolutely. And we have some interesting shows coming up with yeah. guests. I mm-hmm. think we're going to do a show on miracles oh, and be some great. other phases yeah. in the near future. So God bless you all. This, once again, is WNZN Radio coming from Lorain, Ohio. And have a blessed, joy-filled, healthy, safe 2022. God bless God you God bless all. you. Take care, everybody.